Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse Ace. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse Ace and Kate will break it down for you now. Kate. What? Why is it so hot? Uh, global warming? Yep, well, yeah. <laughs> it was so nice before this week. You went apple picking, I went apple picking. Yeah. It's 80 freaking 7 degrees out there. Oh, it was 90 earlier. Was it? Yeah. I think that's Chicago. It wasn't that high in Evanston. It's gonna cool down. Is it? Yeah. All and right. then when there's like 12 feet of snow on the ground, you're gonna be like, okay. Why is it so cold? Why is it so cold? <laughs> I believe that entirely. I, I want that fall, and fall here, I swear, it's 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 one day, and you miss it because it's raining. Yeah. 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 And I, so, you know, there is that, but... But that's what makes my, fall so special. I know, exactly. It's like that Ray Bradbury story where it's only sunny for one day every, like, 15 years, and the girl gets locked in the closet and doesn't get to see it. Uh, so, quick question. Hmm. Who are you? I am... Hot. Yes. <laughs> I'm hot too! Oh. We must be related. Probably. Yeah. Well, I'm Kate. And I'm Betsy. Hot. And you're hot. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, I've, I mean I'm beautiful. Well, but... I didn't. <laughs> sure. Why not? And uh, we do a podcast. Yes. Um. In, the, in the heat. Yep. Uh, and the podcast is about children's books. Yes. Um. About uh, picture books, specifically. Mm-hmm. And if they're classics. Sometimes. Sometimes, and if they're not. Sometimes. Sometimes. And if they're in that middle category. Sometimes. But we did real well last week, because we disagreed! Ugh. We had a run where we kept coming up with the same number. Like, yeah. remember when we, like, said it at the same time? Yeah. Like, our voting number? Yeah. And we said the same number? Yeah. That has to stop. That well, makes for bad podcasting, my keep friend. Keep bring on the divisive books oh. and, uh... Oh, I shall. Though I don't know if this week's book counts so much. Uh, so with this week's book, I wanted to do something a little more, uh, contemporary, a little more, a little more up-to-date, if you will, and what better book to do than one that appeared at, and I'm giving the game away slightly here, it appeared at number three on my top 100 picture books poll, but was published in 2003. That's really recent. Isn't it, though? But it was really high on the poll. So, any clue as to what that book might be? No. Yeah, you wouldn't, because it was 2003. There's no way... Yeah, I was a freshman in college. The last thing I was looking at were kids' books. <laughs> <laughs> really? Because I looked at a lot of kids' books in college. It probably says something about me. Yeah. I went to a, Well, I went to a Quaker school where, like, Quakers give kids' books. That's just what they do. They're like, oh, do you want Bird Baylor's The Table Where Rich People Sit? Why, thank you. How about the Obadiah books? Are Quakers. You, it's like you're speaking a foreign language right now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was true. Every, there's somebody out there who's getting all those references. Like, ooh, ooh, ooh. It's like our one Quaker listener. It's just like, ooh, ooh, I understand all what you just said. Thank you, single Quaker listener. <laughs> However, this next book, lots of y'all are going to know. I'm going to pull it out here. Drum roll, please. Thank you so much. Here it comes. Here it comes. Don't let 
let the pigeon drive the bus. Bye. Mo Williams. No, 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 no. You see, you, you started off strong and you were continuing well. I know it's Willem. All right. I just like saying Williams. Yeah, I know. Because like, I can see all the hairs on your arm start to rise. Yeah, it's actually on the back of the neck, yeah. actually. And yeah, it's, 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 it's I call it my heckles. It's like the, uh, heckles the nails rise. on a chalkboard. That, yeah. You understand, I used to have, when he first, this book first came out and he was not particularly well done, I had all these shelvers, you know, good kids, strong kids, smart kids, but they were so unused to the last name Willems, they would just shelve him with the Williamses of the picture book section. Let me tell you, that, that kind of thing gets to a girl. She kind of, she kind of gets a little... Well, crazy after a while. I was, just, to happen. I was just thinking about when this book came out and a child was born. Right now, they're learning how to drive. Don't even talk to me. <laughs> I, you know what that that thing with the mouth and the, and the words coming out of it? I need that to stop that, right now. But then, what's the whole point of a podcast? Oh, good point. Good point. You know what? Uh, I found a better way. You take this book uh-huh. and you read it, uh, and that will at least give me a little break. Okay. While Kate's doing her very quick read, I better speed this up. Uh, here is your behind-the-scene information on Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus. Um, now, here's what we know about the creation of this book. Uh, I'm drawing, to a certain extent, on my memory files here. I have no doubt that if I am wrong, someone will step up to correct me, but I am fairly certain that this is true. When our story begins, Mo Willems is an animator, a cartoonist, and the kind of fellow who can do a gig on Sesame Street in his spare time. Every year, he creates these little sketchbooks for his friends and acquaintances. He's been doing them since 1993. Anywho, he creates one of them, and it's just this funny little black and red ditty called Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus. And this is pretty much what you're going to see in its final finished form today. So his literary agent, Marsha Wernick, tries to sell this puppy all over town in bupkis. Publishers are not interested. Uh, It was too weird. It was too wild. It was too unlike what's selling today. Though I'm sure anyone could have remembered the monster at the end of this book has a similar layout. But anyway, uh, the happy ending, the book sells. Uh, Moe's suddenly a picture book author illustrator. Bada bing, bada boom. Instant success. The masses cheer. The children get to scream no even more often on a daily basis. Happy ending for everyone. And just like that, we're back. That was fast. That was... I think that's the fastest turnaround uh, from you giving me a book to me reading it. There aren't, admittedly, a lot of words in this book. Not a lot of words, not a lot of story, not a lot going on. The the drawings are somewhat simple. Somewhat. Text is a a little basic. Let's just say I have issues. Oh, good. (laughs) Well, if you didn't, if you were like, it's brilliant, I loved every aspect of it, moving on, next book. Yeah, no. Yeah, we don't have another book, so. No, I got issues. All right. So, first of all, and I noticed this, like, even when you handed this to me, that it's got a Caldecott Honor sticker on it. It does have a Caldecott Honor sticker. You're supposed to get that when your drawings are good. Uh, it is for the, well, so I'm going to quote the actual... American Library Association website on what Caldecott's go to. Uh, one, the medal shall be awarded annually to the artist of the most distinguished American picture book for children. Uh, honor books may be named. These shall be books that are also truly distinguished. 
It's got to be a picture book for children. It has to have a collective unity of storyline, theme, or concept developed through the series of pictures of which the book is comprised. Children have to be intended potential audience. And distinguished is defined as, one, marked by eminence. Ooh. And distinction, noted for significant achievement. Two, marked by excellence in quality. Three, marked by conspicuous excellence or eminence. And four, individually distinct. Excellence in quality. Sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's where I take aim at. Okie dokie, what you aiming at there? Bud? It's, I would say this is not quality drawings. They are very simple. Yeah. They are very, very simple. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get why this got an honor. Well? You look at Wolf and the, you look at Crown, which got an honor. Sure. And those drawings were ha me ze. Sure. This, eh. Well, the form of realism. This is like a five-year-old could do it. Yeah. Yeah. No. He actually does do presentations where he has all the kids draw the pigeon. It's the simplicity of the form that even a kid can draw. That is its advantage. But I don't say. think it deserves an honor. I don't I don't care if I get hate mail for it. <laughs> I really don't care. I think uh, that bus has long since taken off from the station, so I, I don't think you have to worry about... He's, sudden yeah. I'm sure he's, he's fine. He's doing okay. Yeah. He's I'm doing pretty all right. sure he I don't think uh I'm pretty sure yeah. my opinion is he's not, not going to affect to his, his book sales. I'm pretty sure he's not listening to his podcast being like, kid doesn't like my drives. It's not that I don't like them, they're fine. It's just I don't think he should have gotten a Calvica honor for him. Well, no. Um one could argue that to the one extent it's for the art, sure, but how well it interacts with the words and how well it reacts and they don't specifically say this, but often librarians take into account how well it reads aloud to a group, which is very hard to write. But Wolf in the Snow had, like, Would no words. terribly to a group. Oh, no, it doesn't have to. But it's one of the categories that you could slot this into. It is one of the types of picture books that exist in the world. For those of you who don't know what this book is about, it's about a bus driver. <laughs> I love the idea that no one knows what this is about. Okay. I don't know what this is about. Okay, no, that's true. I'm that's sure true. I'm sorry. I rescind the statement. All Thank right. you. All right. So there's this bus driver who is telling the audience. That would be you. Right. right. To not let this pigeon drive the bus. And right. the pigeon tries every which way to convince the audience if he can drive, or she. Right. I don't know the gender of the pigeon, but tries. It's a he. It's a he? It's definitely a he. Oh. Tries to get the audience to let him drive the bus. Uh -huh. He tries bribing. He tries pouting, guilting, um, eventually lying. He does lying. He definitely does lying. Um, and then there's like a whole series of uh, ideas where he tries pretty much everything he can think of. He's like, right. oh, I'll be your friend. How about I give you five bucks? I have dreams, you know. I it's just dreams. a bus. No fair. And eventually he ends with, fine. Until he goes crazy. <laughs> this is the greatest tantrum. Yeah, he's throwing. He's essentially a kid. He's very much a kid, and I've he's going I actually all the stages. I've of known the... kids who have a problem with this page who are like, "Oh, just just let him." I mean, it obviously means so much to him. Let's just let him drive the bus. You know what? I'm kind of with that because yeah. I think it would make for a much more interesting story. Because as a kid, I'd be like. I want to know what's going to happen when that pigeon drives the bus. Are they going to, is he going to drive into a lake? Is he going to drive into a shopping mall? What's going to happen when he drives that bus? So this was kind of covered, not in the book at all, 
but they made a Weston Woods video of it that begins with the pigeon imagining driving the bus. So this is not in the book, but in his imagination, he's wrecking holy havoc with it. So he's it, the video kind of establishes why you are telling him no, because you know perfectly well the horrible things that will happen if he's allowed but to drive But wouldn't that make the story much more interesting? Rather than just having a pigeon try and get you to let him drive the bus, and then the bus driver comes back, well, and the pigeon goes away. The what, end. What the book doesn't really show is that when you read as the kids, they are encouraged to scream the word no to the pigeon continually throughout the thing. So it is a... Oh, so when they get screamed by their parent, no, that's supposed to be normal? Oh, but this is the great comeuppance. This is, this is, the, this is the, the... I was going to say lethargic. That is not the word. Um, this is the moment when they can just get it off their chest and, and finally tell someone. They've been told no. Kids are told no constantly their entire day. Maybe not screamed it. And finally, they can tell something no. And they love it. The denial is heady. Now I'm like, the, a, like a fine, thick wine. I'm with the pigeon on this one. <laughs> I kind of want, I want the pigeon to just take that bus. Don't listen to a bus driver. How's he going to reach the pedals? He's a pigeon. His feet aren't even going to reach the pedals. Obviously, we're not dealing with logistics here. If I'm dealing with logistics. It's a talking pigeon. Well, it's even so. So, uh... He can't reach that. I mean, it's, it would just be cruel to say and yes. And why to are we helping this bus driver? Like... Because he asked us. Where is he going? Why did I he... I think he just went to use the bathroom. He's literally not gone that long. <laughs> I mean... Poor guy just had to step out for a Maybe moment. he was doing something that we would not agree with if we had but known <laughs> what he was doing. He's got a, he's got a little side business maybe, outside there. Maybe he's, he's hustling something. I don't might know. might be hustling something. What's on this bus? You don't actually see what's on the bus. No, there's certainly nobody on the bus. Mm-hmm. No. He may just... He may not even be an official bus driver. He may just, like, wear the outfit and then drive a bus around for fun. Yeah. Why does he maybe, know the pigeon is going to try to do this? Maybe, That's my question. Maybe he stole the bus. Maybe he's not a bus driver. He just but, stole the bus. But here's my question, though. What, he clearly has a prior relationship with this specific pigeon. Because the first thing he says is, I'm getting off the bus. He doesn't say, if a pigeon comes along. He says, when the pigeon, you know. What, what are his exact words? The exact words are, hi, I'm the bus driver. Listen, I've got to leave for a little while, so can you watch things for me until I get back? Oh, thanks. Oh, and remember, don't let the pigeon drive the bus. So it's, he's actually making the assumption, you already know this guy. You already know this pigeon. Everybody knows this pigeon. And don't you know let, you can't let him drive the bus. Don't let the pigeon. The pigeon. There's not like a pigeon. Right. This is the pit. So what's his relationship with this pigeon that I has led where to his knowing? I want to know where he's going. He's hiding something. <laughs> I'm not going to protect this bus driver. Go, pigeon. We don't have a relationship, bus go, driver. Go steal it, because he probably stole it. <laughs> well, we, he asked in good faith for us to watch that bus. I'm. I, why should we listen to him? He's a stranger. <laughs> well, so is the pigeon. There could have been shenanigans that we're missing out on. They're, they're, you, you can't assume too much. But then the pigeon sees this big rig... Yeah. And dreams of driving a big rig. So is there a book called Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Big Rig? That is a question that as a children's librarian, I would get all the time. And there are many, many pigeon sequels? No. Now, this is an interesting case where you have an animal that wants to ride a, a vehicle of some sort, does or does not be able to do so, and then sees another vehicle at the end, and that's the end of the book. So there was a book called Duck on a Bike, where a duck just rode a bike, 
And it was awesome. And then sees a tractor at the end. Years later, the author comes back with Duck on a Tractor. But Mo Willems, as you can see, because you're seeing a whole bunch of those pigeon books on the back there, not a single one is Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Tractor. Maybe the pigeon is perfectly fine with, I mean, maybe Is the, the big rig oh, in this book the pigeon loves, loves things that go? Yeah. Yes, that's a board book. And yes, I believe that the, the, um, because it's the same bus on the front. Yeah, I don't so. think he's allowed to drive that one. So, yeah. So many issues. I don't like the drawings. I'm with the pigeon. I don't trust the bus driver. <laughs> Just... Uh. Now, going back to that video that they made of it, you might trust the bus driver if you heard the video, because he was voiced by John Cheska, who wrote Stinky Cheese Man, uh, who was friends with Mo Wilms. And so he did the voice of the bus driver. Also... It is well worth watching because there is an entire locker room sequence at the end. It sounds worse than it is. I'm not even sure why they're in a locker room, but they're talking. Um, the pigeon and the bus driver are talking, and the bus driver is talking about this like new bus that he got and all like the cool aspects to it, like double wide cams. And the, the pigeon's just like, "Oh man, that sounds amazing." And the bus driver's like, "Yeah, but you 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 need fingers to drive that." And the pigeon's like trying to make excuses for why. It's well worth your time watching. Here's the thing. There are plenty of people out there who don't have hands, and they can drive. This is true. So why are you trying to discriminate? Well, he also points out that his he has like a little thing named Bus Driver. It doesn't say Pigeon. Uh... A name tag does not define <laughs> your driving abilities. I love that you're defending the Pigeon on this one. Because normally I would think that you would find him far too bratty. To, to support in anything. You know I don't think he's bratty. I think he's quite smart with all the different ways he's trying oh, to... Oh, he's smart. He's trying to... I mean, with the bribing, the guilting, the pout... Like, he's got all these different angles he's trying. I agree. And I feel like when he says, he doesn't give I up. have dreams, you know, and he's doing that little thing with his with his little, little things that he's like, it's not a prayer, but it's like... It's this very sweet... He's taking sweet... his wings... Yes. ...in front of his body... Right. ...and bending them just at the wrist... Just at the... Where the wrist would be if pigeons had wrists on right. their wings. <laughs> and, yeah. And he's just... And I can't even... What would you call that the position? That's sort of a... It's kind of like, you know, when you do, like, the heart with your hands... Oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But not having fingers, he's only able to... Just... Yeah. I suspect he's a very clever pigeon. He could do that if he's he wants. He's very clever. I, I support cleverness, yeah. not brattiness. So he appears in... I can't say he... I don't know if he's in every single Mo Willems book. Not just these, but the Elephant Piggy books. Like, And Mo has done a freaking slew of books. And I'm pretty sure the pigeon is hidden in every single one of them somewhere. The pigeon makes his way... You know what I wish the pigeon everything. had? What is that? One or two... Mm-hmm eyelashes oh it is weird you know when he says i have dreams you know why isn't he batting them at you right that's it, that is actually weird now traditionally eyelashes have been to denote femininity in cartoons why can't this be a female pigeon it doesn't say don't let the male pigeon drive the <laughs> yeah. bus what is don't what is the scientific term for a male pigeon yeah I, i'm sure there is one. Oh, sure i know what a baby pigeon is it's squab Squab. Squab. And they're delicious. No. Oh. Uh, they, people do eat them. It's very bizarre. Um, no, it's a squab. And, yeah. So, uh, there was an app. Um, there was an app that, actually, uh, we had in my family for quite some time, where you recorded different things. Like, the bus driver would come and say, like, okay, what is something really stinky? And then you would say, like, diapers! 
And each time you said something, it was recorded into the app. And then the pigeon would come on, and then he would start saying things, and your voice would... So it would be like, don't let the pigeon... And then you could say anything you want. And usually, uh, in my children's case, it was, uh, don't let the pigeon eat mommy. I'm not <laughs> sure why. That was usually the title, but See, nine times again, out of ten. Why are we letting... Why are we stopping the pigeon? From eating mommy? Yeah. I was on board with stopping the pigeon on that one. I and, would uh, see that. Wouldn't I, that be I interesting? Really, it, I'm not saying it wouldn't be interesting. God, this poor pigeon yeah. just gets denied so much. Well, and here's where I get upset. Um, Does he have one <sighs> book where he gets something? Yes! He gets a puppy. Okay, so let's see here. Um, Ooh, if no. Pigeon gets... He does get a cookie. No, that's he... the duckling gets a cookie. Yeah, the duckling gets a cookie, but he gets the cookie at the end. Oh, the pigeon finds a hot dog? He does, but he's forced to share it with the duckling. <sighs> I know. Um, but, but he does get a puppy. The puppy even on there? No. Okay, they don't include Oh, wait, it. the pigeon wants a puppy. Yeah, the pigeon wants a puppy, gets his puppy, and then realizes sometimes, uh, sometimes be careful what you wish for. All right, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. What, no, what? that's quite all right. My beef is, here's my beef. Um, this app that I'm talking about has never been updated and now is completely gone and it's not for sale anymore and it was a great app and they just let it rot and now we don't have it anymore. And Which my children weird. still ask for it. Because on the back of the book it says the pigeon saying, uh, you know, well, it says don't let the pigeon run this app and yeah. then the pigeon says or the apps. Okay, I'm happy to report that I just searched online and it's back. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it was gone. I swear to you, it so was gone. So wait, the one beef you had is not actually beef. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's, pigeon. it's more of a <laughs> salami <steamy>. on rye <laughs> and a beef. It's uh... So you don't have any beef with this book? Um, Nothing. Well, okay, so here's, I'll give you a little background. It'll, it'll sort of bring up if I have sort of a beef. Um, so this book comes, let me get a little context here. 2003, this book comes out. It me I cannot... Stress how massive a hit this book was. It was just, just blew up the industry. Suddenly it's all pigeon this, pigeon that. And people, my beef was people were treating it like, this has never been done before. A character breaking the fourth wall and directly addressing the viewer and, and trying to, you know, and they're interacting with the kids in a new kind of way. And I mean, you brought up Stinky Cheese Man, who did that exact same Right, thing. exactly. Well, yeah, that's true. And that definitely came before. And even before that, I don't know if you have remember a little number called uh, the monster at the end of this book. Nope. Okay. Make a note for that in the future. <laughs> anyway, um, that came out long, long, long since and did it like way before and was very similar in some ways to this. So my, my beef in some ways was that everyone... And suddenly, pigeon knockoffs came at a Fast and Furious clip. There are books. There was literally a book called, uh, I think it was called Tickled the Duck. Uh, no, it was just like just tons of these books where it was like kids were supposed to interact with them in some way. And and you know what it was, man. You know what it was. It was us dealing with technology and apps and all these interactive things and trying to make it more like that in the book sense. Be like, see, you can interact with books. Now, as I mentioned before, it was number three. On my poll. That's ridiculous. Well, that was the second poll. Remember, I did a poll, like, two years before that? Uh-huh. Uh, it was number five on that poll, oh so gosh. it moved up. But I wonder, because my last poll was many, many years ago. If you did it today, because that was pretty, that was closer to its publication. It wasn't that close, but it was, like, at least a decade later. But I do wonder if it would still, it would still get, I mean, it would get high, I think. I don't know if it would be as high, but it's a good question. I don't know. 
You gotta redo that poll, man. I do need to redo the poll. It's just so much work. <laughs> I will do it, though. And, just and do then it. you will help me. Yeah, yes. Okay. That would actually be awesome. Um, one last little... It, you know, it did get a Caldecott honor. It also... Um, <laughs> it was also the, the Indies Choice Book Awards uh, put it in the Picture Book Hall of Fame. What? Yeah. I and, don't uh, get it. And by the way, if we're looking for more books for this podcast, that is actually a very good list to go through. Uh, the old Picture Book Hall of Fame list. Cause this is in a Hall of Fame? It is... It is in the picture book hall of fame. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. It's it's there, man. I don't get why it's popular. I don't get why I got an honor. I don't under I don't get it. If you gentle listeners know why this book is on everything. I you know, it's a charming book to read aloud. I is it I my mean, favorite would, read aloud? No. I'd love for people to email fuse8kate yeah. at gmail.com and tell me why the heck this is supposed to be a Hall of Fame nominee beat Snowy Day? No, it did. <laughs> oh, of course it did. It was number three. Number one being the book we haven't done yet that I'll save for later, and number two being Goodnight Moon. So, oh wait, yeah. No, if it was number three, was it really number three? Then it would. Oh, oh. You know what it really be? Hungry Caterpillar. No. I'm afraid it might have. No, I'm drawing the line. All right. You could take your stupid <laughs> bird book. But it's really pristine. I got you a nice one. No. <laughs> okay. I suspect it would not do no. so well today. We're Now we're going to have to do the poll again. Yes. All right. I'll do it next year. Okay. You can help me. Okay. Because we got to calculate results, and that's, that's a lot of math. That's okay. 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 All right. We will do it. We will do it. <laughs> if only to knock him down a couple I'd of pegs. I'd be happy to. I have no problem with this guy. I read on the back of the book that he used to work for Sesame Street, which is awesome. He did. He did some of the Sesame He's Street He's got some Emmys under his belt, which He is most cool. certainly does. Oh, yeah, More yeah. power to him for coming up with an original creative idea. Sure. I'm all for that. I don't understand the accolades. <laughs> The multiple accolades. Multiple. Multiple. I don't multiple. get it. We'll have to do a different a different kind of book by him someday that is not pigeon related. Because he has a whole slew of the freaking things. I'm going to call him Williams forever now <laughs> okay. because of this book. Forever. Oh, no. Yeah. A fate worse than death. If I ever meet this guy, we got, we got words. Words are going to um, be thrown. Because I don't get it. He's probably got like... Gajillions of people who are like, I love your book. Your book's amazing. Please. He does actually. And I'm gonna be that one person. Be All like, right. excuse me, I got issues. What's up with that bus I driver? I will confess something. This is not his best work. Um, and I would argue his best work is actually an easy book series called Elephant and Piggy, which are freaking brilliant. Uh, same art style. Sorry, but really, really simple words telling very funny stories, which is almost impossible to do. So that, I feel, is his magnum opus. Everything else pales in comparison to Elephant and Piggy, including uh, Monsieur Le Pigeon. In French, that is Le the Pigeon. pigeon right. Le Pigeon, yeah. Yes, you yeah, understand. That, yeah. It's yeah. great. I, you went to school. I, I'm very <laughs> fluent with my Frenchies. You know, I'm yeah. going to go to Montreal this week, and I'm going to yeah. ask him, how do you say pigeon in I'd French? I'd like to eat some le pigeon. Le pigeon. Okay, got it. Le. That's how you do it. Not la. Le. Got no, it. no, because it's clearly a dude, so right, it's clearly. le pigeon. Yeah, Absolutely. See. Okay. French. French. Ratings time. <laughs> I'm Does thinking. it matter? Does it matter what I say? It really doesn't. 
because here's the thing. Everyone loves this book, apparently. Uh, it's a classic. It's a number three on your I list. I like it, but I'm not... The thing is, if this book didn't exist in this world, would I rend my garments, tear my hair, and swear allegiance to a dark lord somewhere? Probably not. Um, it's a nice book. I like reading it aloud. Ooh, now, if the pigeon was Slytherin... <laughs> the pigeon is clearly Slytherin. I don't... I don't... Know. How? Okay, now I'm looking no. at it a little differently. He's clearly Slytherin. No, I like that. He's like trying that. all these different angles yes. to get what he wants. Yes. The ends justifies the means. Yeah, and I can respect that even more now. Okay. I'm not sure where this is going. And the going. bus driver is like an evil Gryffindor. Oh, okay, see, yeah. Now that's... Yeah, I'm liking this. You think he's okay. far more Hufflepuff, but all right. Um, <laughs> Ugh. Don't get me started. Hufflepuff forever! No. Hufflepuff. No. Here's what, here are the positive things I'll say. Okay. One, I bet it reads well to kids. Sure does. Two, I bet the kids can look at that art and say, I can do that too. And, and they be do. inspired to And it's so the whole thing that he does with the kids is like, right. do a circle. Right. It's even on the app. The app even has an aspect where you can draw the pigeon with him. That's yes. great. Yes. That's wonderful. Sure. It's short, so yep. it probably is great. <laughs> so it's great for like reading the kids. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not like a If I Ran the Zoo that takes like 30 years to get through. No. Right? It is not. That's all I got as far as positive stuff. And I I'm guess... That's still not a rating. You gotta do a little rating. It now. really doesn't matter what I say because you're gonna have you some You don't number. know what I'm gonna do. You don't know me. Only because I like my Slytherin Pigeon. I that would be a great poem. My Slytherin Pigeon. My Slytherin Pigeon. <laughs> um... I guess a ugh, two. All right. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Mine's a six point five. <gasps> I don't think. Not a classic. I don't think it's a classic. What was the last time we didn't have a classic? So the last one that wasn't a classic was Amelia Bedelia. Amelia Bedelia. So he's in fine, fine company <laughs> with another uh, famous non-classic person. I've just imagined her baking a pie for the pigeon. Yeah. And then the pigeon wants to be a baker, and maybe they start a business together. No. Why not? The pigeon ruins everything he touches. I don't know if you got that from this. The pigeon no, is no, chaos. No, I didn't get that from this book because he <laughs> never even tries. He never even gets a chance. All right, not a classic. Sorry, Mo. Uh, you, you, you didn't make it this time, buddy, but... But, but hang in there, little guy. I'm sure someday you'll get a book that's a classic on this you show. You can cry into your Emmys. You'll yeah. be fine. He's and his Caldecott's honors. Yeah. No, he's never gotten the, the Golden Award. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, Just give us some eyelashes. All right. Is that so hard? Letters time. Oh, jeez. Letters time. Okay, so apparently the number one thing that all the listeners wanted to let us know was how many other singers out there have done versions of that song, Fox Went Out on Chilly Night. Yeah. So we did the book, The Fox Went Out on Chilly Night. It's got a peppy little song. Uh -huh. I mentioned Burl Ives' version. I mentioned the Peter, Peter Paul and Mary. Uh -huh. Observe the following. This is quite impressive, actually. Please don't actually. say Zoe Deschanel. Please don't say Zoe Deschanel. Please don't say Zoe Deschanel. Okay, but now I want that. So why did you no. even say that? If I could do really yes, stay a while. Let me I love her, boys. Uh, yeah, 
<laughs> we're, I'm making you watch Elf this year. You're going to nope. watch it and you're going to appreciate it. Nope. All right. Okay, but this is impressive. How many people wrote in? All right. From Andrea. Uh, Laura Vares did a version on her album Tumblebee. From Mary, there's a Harry Belafonte version from 1954 with a Calypso feel. I heard this and I was like, no, there's not. Went on YouTube, oh yeah, there is. It's kind of hard to make something like that up. Uh, it would. It was so weird. It, I was like, maybe it's just a bit of mad brilliance, but no, no, it actually exists. From Sarah, there is the Nickel Creek version, which I almost... Uh, just now misread as the Nickelback version, <laughs> which I now desperately want. <laughs> oh, Foxwood, oh! Okay, no, no, no. I almost hit it. Uh, from Sharon, on Peter Holland's new album, Legendary Folk Songs, you can hear it, and its official music video on YouTube features his adorable four-year-old as the fox. Uh, and then finally, from Karen, there was a Pete Seeger version. And this probably doesn't even, like, begin to go through all the other versions that are, exist out there. But look at all the people who wrote in with the different versions. Awesome. That's kind of cool. General love on the Twitter. Uh, Thanks. For, yes. Well, for, for, for now. The, for, for the book, actually. <laughs> oh. um, the winner uh, of Twitter, uh, in this case, was Michaela, who came up with the answer, and which I came up with on, on the blog post, but I never said on the podcast, what is a pack of foxes called? Is, is a skulk. A skulk. A skulk. She gets extra points, actually. She, she said skulk, and then she included a, a little gif of Steve Martin and Dan Aykroyd on an old Saturday Night Live skit. I don't know if you ever saw this one where, like, they were two, like, wacky guys trying to two get girls. Two wild and crazy, crazy guys. guys. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and both looking at each other in the gif and going, Foxes! <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, it's, uh, it's well worth your time to look it up. And finally, uh, Lauren wrote in. She wrote, enjoying your show. I remember cats, caps for sale as a child, uh, but then I became a librarian. Perhaps I should send you this again in late winter, but I'd love to hear what you all think of the country bunny and the little gold slippers. I loved it as a child, and it's still out there. Thank you, Lauren. That is the only classic children's Easter book that exists, so we may do that in the Easter season. There yeah. really is no other I, I was book. like, oh yeah, I'm totally going to forget that title by Easter. And then I was like, I totally just forgot that title in the next f past five seconds. Yeah, you know who else forgot that title? America. That's right. Everyone Did you say the word title. bunny? Was that? There was the word bunny in that's there. That's all I remember. Okay. Because that's just because I said Easter and you were like, bunnies and Easter, yeah, they go together. Yeah. yeah. No, that's okay. You're not. I. That's kind of why I said it. I knew you weren't going to remember. Nope. No. It's actually one of the worst titles when it comes to remembering. that. It's kind of tied with the Newberry winner, uh, When You Reach Me, as least memorable title of all time. Oh, Grown Up Things We Like. Okay. Uh, what, what about you, ma'am? Well, I figure people probably really hate me for making this or, pigeon book. Or you've voiced something that's been unsaid for more than a decade yeah, and they're with the majority of people hate me so i'm gonna try okay. and win them back okay win them back um so yesterday i spent six hours picking up trash around my neighborhood oh and why? uh did this, you commit a crime nope what was your crime Keith? i did have one person ask me are you a good samaritan or are you doing this for community service <laughs> because it can't be both <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, but, but what was nice was the fact that, one, I met neighbors that I had never talked to before, and Aww. I've lived here for almost two years now. True. Um, two, I, I, 
I met someone who said, you know what, I've been thinking about doing that for a long time, but there's you have shown me there's a big difference between thinking about it and Aww. doing it. That's super nice. So I encourage everyone to just spend like one hour, just grab a trash bag, walk around your neighborhood, pick up trash, and if even one person sees you and gets inspired, then they'll do it too. And then maybe someone will see them do it and they'll get inspired. So slowly but surely we can clean up this godforsaken godforsaken <laughs> land we live on you know i understand my house has a long strip of land uh next to a fairly busy road um every morning i get up and look and i i see trash there and i have to pick it up so uh yeah i'm all for that i do that a bit myself but admittedly i only do it for my own house so there you go i do not clean up the entire neighborhood yeah, I yeah. yeah I walked up and down all these different blocks. I went all the way down to the beach. Mm-hmm. I got I did it to the point where I was just physically tired. So that's good. I figured that was a good point to stop. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Do yeah. not die. And it's like squats. So you really, that's true. You work your legs. Yeah. You work your butt. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a free yeah. workout. Yay. And you're doing good. And you're doing. And you're making the world a more beautiful place. This godforsaken land. This godforsaken land <laughs> in which we live. All right. Uh, so my grown-up thing I like is sort of cheating. Uh, I went on a grown-up podcast. Um, so I'm cheating on you. I'm, I'm, I'm doing other podcasts on the side here. What? I, I got to go. Um, Grace Lynn is a children's author and illustrator. She has started a podcast called uh, Kidlet Women. That's pretty much the focus, is women in uh, the children's publishing world in which we live. And there was recently an article by author Kate Messner talking about the double standard when it comes to cute guys who make children's books. Now, you have to understand, for every children's book that comes out, it's usually about uh, one cute guy to about a bunch of women. And the people buying these books, the booksellers for kids' books, the librarians of kids' books, are all pretty predominantly female. Not entirely. There are some guys in there. But there's a lot of women. If you go to, like, Alskin things, it's a lot. I remember we went to ALA. Yeah, so you saw a whole bunch of ladies. Or a lot of ladies. A lot of ladies. Yeah. And the ladies, they like, they're cute guys. And so when there's a new cute guy making picture books, he gets touted out by the publishing industry like, Hey, ladies, we got you a new cute guy. And the ladies all go, ooh, new cute guy. And it's a marketing technique. Now, fun fact. That's pretty genius. It is pretty genius, but it's kind of problematic because we got some really talented ladies out there and they are not getting the same publicity push. Are they cute? uh, Some of them are very cute, but they are not getting the same publicity push. Hmm. So I started my career with a little feature on my very first blog called Hot Men of Children's Literature. It was done in a spirit of irony. It very quickly turned into a marketing machine where publishers would, honest to God, send me pictures of cute male authors to feature on my blog, thereby giving them more publicity. And I never did women because that would be offensive. So, you know, hot women of children's literature, that would be gross. But hot men of children's literature, that's ironic. So it's okay. Okay, that was like more than 10 years ago. And would I do it today? I would not. Under And in fact, I stopped it because it was creeping me out too much. That and the fact that women started sending me pictures of their husbands saying, like, here's my hot husband. Why don't you feature him on the blog? And 
How do you tell a woman their husband's not hot? That's just wrong. You can't. There's I, no good way. I just pictured uh, the back picture of the giving tree with Shel Silverstein and going, yeah, I'd tap that. Heck yeah, I would. <laughs> no, dude. Uh, Silverstein's Broken like teeth on and my everything. top ten. And, ah, see, this is the problem. Okay, so. <laughs> right, right, sorry. Anyway, so I went on Grace Lynn's podcast talking about good old hot men of children's literature, how it definitely dude, kicked it, off my blog. But if you did a hot, hot chase of literature, though. Oh, yeah. I was asked to. Hot chick lit. Ooh. Hot chick lit, but that's, chick lit is usually meant to assume to be talking about adult literature. It, chick lit's actually a designation. Um, though I think it's not used anymore because people are now like, eh, maybe we shouldn't use the word chick. Huh. It's, it's complicated. It's too complicated. It's complicated. But the Graceland podcast talk Why is Why can't great. everyone be beautiful and you just feature everyone? Precisely. Okay. Or how about we just don't care what people look like and we look at the quality of the books. You don't know what Mel Wilms looks like. For all you know, he's a hot hottie. Or he could be the ugliest man ever born. It doesn't matter. You're judging the freaking books. Right. Yes. So that's what it kind of comes down to when I talk to Grace Lynn. We had a lovely talk. She's a fantastic host. And she provides full transcripts of every single interview that she does. Wow. Yeah, because she's awesome. Wow. Yeah, I know. Made me feel... Maybe uh, we should do another transcript. We totally uh, should do another transcript. The people are so grateful when we do them. Well, we should do it for, like, the major books, though. Well, yeah, I guess we need to know what episodes people want transcripts of. And then right, but by say, I'll, you know, I'll put that on the blog, because, obviously, uh, people who can't listen to the podcast would not hear yeah. the call for yeah. what transcripts to do. So I will put that in the source notes Cool. in the future. All right. All right. So there we go. <sighs> We've survived the hot room. Yes. We've survived uh, the pigeon. Barely. And uh, I think that's all the things we had to survive. And everyone is beautiful. And everyone is and beautiful. And so is the world. Aww. This godforsaken this world. This godforsaken <laughs> land. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at fusekate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at FuseKate, that's Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate, that's Fuse number 8 Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Givens Kime, and our Master of Rebels, I can't believe I haven't done that one before, is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal.